0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Hashtag Be The Good In Your Hood. It's a podcast dedicated to sharing the essential change that can occur in your place, in your neighborhood, and in your life through simple acts of hospitality. We are your hosts, Dave and Jen Cawley. Uh Today, we're welcoming Preston Pitot. He is a gardener beekeeper and pastor at chestermere alberta canada he writes a weekly newspaper column about creating healthy neighborhoods and he's written books about loving our neighbors including the bees of rainbow falls and the neighbors are real so preston thank you for joining us today we're so glad that you're here
1: it's it's an honor to be with you. I've been following you for some time, and uh, yeah, I just, I love so many of the people that uh, you connect around this really important uh, topic that is really our, our lives, I think, isn't it?
0: Yes, indeed. Well, as we get started here, we have a couple questions for you, and we'll start with the first one, which is, what is your role in your neighborhood? Not titles, but what is your role as a human, as a man, as a beekeeper in your neighborhood?
1: Yeah, I think when we first moved to Chestermere, uh, it's it's a growing community. It was just a few thousand people not long ago. Now it's 25,000 people. And so there's, every home is new. And we moved in and uh, there was, there's not a tree to be found on our street. It was a dusty new development. It was frankly terrible. We had come from a home that we had a beautiful garden and we were invited here. And so right out of the gate, my uh, I I said to my wife, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Why did we move to a dusty, nothing town like our neighborhood i don't think it even had street signs up it was a non-place and she said we we don't go into beauty we leave beauty in our wake and for us that really set the tone for who we were going to be that we would leave beauty behind us that we would stir up uh, what is beautiful around us and in others because and we realized that other people were moving into the neighborhood too and they were also looking around going where am i you know i'm in a non-place it's called chestermere but i don't know anybody and so everybody was brand new so I think right out of the gate I think my identity was I, I was just turning what was dirt into soil like we were just setting the groundwork for relationality so we literally said well our metaphor is garden so let's garden so we brought in truckloads of good soil and brought in trees and we overnight just filled our yard with green things uh half of it probably died because we're in winter Canada and we're we were learning how to garden but since then we've become very good gardeners and beekeepers and we have this lush beautiful green space and I think it set the tone for who Preston and Kelly are we are people who nurture the place and I think for people watching in I think when they see you nurturing a place they're like oh wow at the very least they can say that we aren't you know cruel people or we're not going to you know steal their stuff or something because they seem to want to care about the place and so say that that's how it began and then over time we just got to see every other family sprout um families have uh had kids they've had babies they've gone through divorces they've lost their pets like like everybody's lived something and to walk for so far a decade with these people has been a beautiful piece of it all so i think most people on my street would know me as just the guy who is here for the long haul who is here to nurture and who is probably safe. And I think that that's our perfect start. So
2: So let me get this right. You didn't necessarily move into your neighborhood as a gardener. Like that was something you decided to learn to do because you wanted to nurture beauty and place. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Our first garden uh, in the town that we had just moved from uh, was our first effort. And so we learned a few things. I think maybe it's like having your first child, and then you figure out some things, then you have your second child, and you know, kind of a little bit better how to go about doing this. So, so I'd say that this, this was our first true design thought through garden, and it started to make us think about how we design and think through how we actively nurture hospitality and care on our street. And we were very proactive about it, because we thought a garden doesn't sprout up just willy-nilly it uh it's something that you actually have to care for you actually have to set the tone for what it is you hope to see see grow here you can't force growth you can only set the conditions for it and we learned that and so we stepped in with that kind of gardener's heart for it i think
2: wow it's pretty amazing to (laughs) both be learning a skill and a science really of gardening at the same time understanding what that looks like with people and to nurture that which is really a great lead into our question, kind of the heart of our podcast this season is um, to really ask what good have you seen come from doing exactly what you said from the practice of hospitality. And so, could you share with us just a little bit about what good you have seen come from this in your neighborhood?
1: Well, uh, lots of good over these, uh. 10 10 years. But I think that I think the story that I want to share that kind of helps make sense of it all is actually something bad. Uh, We had, we, we went through the pandemic. And of course, everybody was in lockdown, except in our neighborhood, we, since we knew each other, and we couldn't go far, we actually all had these like distancing parties where in the middle of our street, we would just pull out our lawn chairs and sit at a distance from each other. And somebody would put a bonfire out and we'd kind of visit and catch up with each other because we we were outside, so we kind of felt that that was okay, and we could stay far apart from each other. But we realized that we had this amazing gift of a neighborhood during the pandemic because other people needed hadn't known their neighbors and realized when the push came to shove, they, they needed their their community around them. Then something really tragic happened, and my wife got very sick. She's an ER nurse and worked in all the COVID wards and, and it hit our community pretty hard. And so she was with people Uh, in their last breaths and all the hard stuff that that happened in in our part of the world during the pandemic and uh but then she contracted covid and then she has now long covid so she she can't drive she can't work she can't get a really hard time walking or talking all of those tragic things but the good in the hood happened when we had to go into when our little home had to go into shutdown mode because my other half kelly we suddenly couldn't have people over for supper we suddenly couldn't um she, she couldn't get out of bed uh uh, all the barbecues that we used to host our calendar got clear because suddenly the puto home was not a hospitable place we were not able to just to have people over and we were like oh man like not only was it hard during the covid which we actually felt more hospitality then but now we just couldn't physically do it our home was sick our home was ill so guess what happened neighbors started coming to us and this is the real gift of it all i think we sometimes think hospitality is a one-way thing it's like what we give Um, But I've always known that hospitality is actually what you also receive. It's the ability to say yes when somebody gives you something. It's the ability to go out and ask for something when you need it. Well, guess what? Our home, for the first time in a decade, needed care. (laughs) We needed, we were caregivers during the pandemic and now we're the people who are saying, Hey, we, we need to figure out how to get our kids to school properly. We need to figure out how to do stuff. And our neighbors started hovering around and they started to come in. Uh, one of our neighbors, Kate, one of my favorite neighbors, she uh, uh, she would come in and I'd come upstairs or go downstairs and she'd be there pouring herself a cup of coffee just to sit in our kitchen and maybe by chance bump into Kelly who may or may not be awake and well for five minutes. To And she made her, her home ours and her kids would come over and we realized then that the good in our hood was that our neighbors loved us and were hospitable to us and would show up into our world even though we're wearing our pajamas and figuring out how to get healthy. That I think was the biggest discovery of it all and it came out of a time where and we're still in it, but a time of just great loss and sadness that our home got deeply affected by this crazy pandemic Wow.
2: That is really cool. I, I heard a couple things too in that of that give and take of mm-hmm. hospitality and this picture of stepping into your home and the result too of that you reaching out and and how those two things really work together. Mm-hmm. And that's just a really beautiful picture of how we are hospitable in the navigation of life and its mm-hmm. it's joys and its struggles. That's really great. That is That is some really good that comes from the practice of hospital. Isn't
1: it though? And, you know, Kelly, my wife, who is who is quite ill, hasn't lost her love for neighbors and for our calling here. She just couldn't physically do it. But I think that's helped her through a great deal. Like you'd think she'd be in a, quite a dark place, but she's actually in a pretty good heart and head space because she knows that she's part of a group of people, her neighbors, actual real neighbors who know for her, love her, care for her. Our home is full of kids coming and going and she can't always participate, but goodness sake, like it does our heart really good to say we've never been outside of our neighborhood. We've never been on the sidelines because we aren't physically able to or capable of hosting all the big things and being the strong person in the room. For the first time, we're kind of the weak people on our street and lo and behold, our street has more than shared a great deal of love for us. And uh, boy, if that just doesn't fill you with a sense of (laughs) provision and care. I don't know what does, right?
0: So I have a question that maybe you can or can't answer. I'm just thinking about myself in that situation. We've been in our neighborhood for a couple years. We know a lot of our neighbors and we've done things with them or for them or together. And I would say now I have a little bit more freedom to allow someone to come in to that vulnerability. Obviously, we, we host a lot, so we're used to people coming, but we're always ready for them. Mm-hmm. And I think in your situation, it was kind of, you were just kind of presented with this thing that maybe you weren't ready for, and yet people were coming in. And I think that there's probably some vulnerability in that. And I think for our listeners, when they think about struggling even just to open up their home, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden thinking about this what if I got sick? I don't know if I'd want any of my neighbors to come bring me food or come in. So maybe speak a little bit to maybe some things over the years that have created that maybe the experience for you might be different nine years ago than today. And there's some preparation that you laid, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But speak a little bit to that vulnerability piece, but also maybe some rhythms that you've created over the years that like helped make that a, a reality for when you were sick.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'd say the there's the word transparency and vulnerability I think I think I think for a long time I was transparent um I showed people what they needed to see uh, let them know that we're having a barbecue on Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m or whatever right that's 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 letting people see uh, but vulnerability allows people to actually affect you uh to get into your world but actually influence the direction of your life and I think sometimes um well I'll just speak for myself sometimes I I like to manage how much people see, or I think that's probably how I was some some time ago. And that's that transparency part. Boy, things really take off when you start to be vulnerable to allow other people that effect upon your your life. And so I think you need a journey of time, really. I think we think a lot can happen in a short amount of time. No, no, no. Life is Life is watching kids grow up, watching people age, knowing people die, relationships change, and walking with that over the long haul. And so I think even my own trust of the people around me grew uh to go these are good people these are be- they're everyone here is walks with a limp there's there's no doubt about it they're good people and i think that if i just saw them on the street and i just moved into my street i wouldn't know know that you know everybody's a different ethnicity a different belief system a different family structure all the odds everybody's different than we are and so there's maybe a sense that oh are they out for my best good but after a decade they really are out for my best good when I'm out on the street I know that they're looking out and going oh man I like Preston and Kelly I like their their kids I like their little world and I'm glad to be a part of it too so when it's time to be vulnerable when it's time to say man we aren't doing so, so good over here uh that level that high trust culture um, as I talk about this high trust culture has suddenly found root and now you get to pr- now you get to eat the fruit of it Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those fruits grow between people. I thought it was a fruit that I had to bring. I thought I had to have a bunch of offerings to offer people. And it's not, it's it's what two people, often strangers, maybe, maybe who are becoming neighbors actually grow between them. Like a solo person can't really produce love. Love has to grow between two people. It's actually something that's created. And that's what I've learned about this. And so between me and all my neighbors is fruit. So we've been able to feast even in a world where there's a lot of famine, I think, if that's a weird way of talking about the metaphor. No, I
0: think it's a good metaphor, especially for this this generation that I think is very lonely, maybe even inept or even lacking the knowledge of how to create that trust culture um, with um, people right around them. I think they they pick and choose who they want to do that with. And it's mm-hmm. so kind of in your way, the management or the control, you don't always get to pick your neighbors, right? They move in and they move out and you, you right. don't get to control that, but you still can control this idea of creating a trust culture. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how you do that?
1: I I like the phrase unconditional high regard. I have an unconditional high regard for the people around me. I just give them the utter highest view in, in my mind, uh, regardless of what they are going through and suffering through. Uh, I think uh, having a non-anxious presence is another thing too. I'm not out there trying to change anybody or manipulate the situation. Uh, I'm meeting people where they're at because uh, I want them to meet me where I am at. And so we enjoy that sort of relationship uh and when you're in proximity to each other guess what you see each other in in their underwear when they're running out and putting the garbage in the bin like you are you are hearing them when they're yelling at their kids because their windows are all open like you see them with their dog running away and they're running around looking for it like you can hide as much as you think that you can hide but you really see and hear everything and when you meet somebody after they've had a blowout with their spouse or something's gone wrong or or they've had a dui or something's challenging in their life and you see them and you know and you still say hey how's it going I haven't seen you for a little while like something happens there between people and I think I never want people to feel like they got to clean up to be around me and uh uh, because heaven knows that I'm I'm not always put together when I'm around them and so bit by bit that starts to happen and I think trust is the biggest gift and but it just comes with time and i think we we try something for six months and we go well that didn't work and we bail on it and i think the only magic here is that we've stuck with it for a while and we intend to for a little while longer and i regularly try to learn too how to be a good neighbor like this is it's a skill it's something that you have to grow with it's mm-hmm. kind of like maybe parenting like read a parenting book, um, uh, learn a little bit about how kids work and how little brains form. Uh, same thing with with my church. I read a lot about how churches work and I read a lot about how neighborhoods work. It's it's a whole system that requires tender care, just that we don't often put any effort into it. And so we wonder why it's not growing around us. And so we kind of give up on it. I think that's happened in a lot of na- na- neighborhoods. And so I just encourage people to, to learn and grow and stay step into it because it's actually the biggest insurance policy that our family has is knowing that I can rely upon my neighbors and they can rely upon me. And, uh, that's worth its weight in gold a hundred percent.
2: Well, I feel like there's so many nuggets here, which is probably why uh, we should just refer people to your book (laughs) (laughs) or your books. Um, I love the one about the neighbors are real and just the the pieces of things that I've learned from that. Um, but a couple of things that I feel like really could be a challenge are this idea that it takes time to see the good that comes from practicing hospitality is a long-term process. Um, And so just hearing you say that, and so I think one encouragement to be the good in your hood this week is to keep doing it Mm -hmm. um, and and not let that go. Um, And the other thing, I love this idea of just being a non-anxious presence. I think that's how you said Mm -hmm. it, of being you in the place that you are and allowing people to both know that and be known by you, which is a really beautiful mm-hmm. thing and an encouragement of, of what it means to really be who you are in your place. Mm-hmm. So many bits of wisdom and things that I feel like we could kind of head into our week with a challenge of how to be the good in our hood. Um, as you said, to be who you are in your place, that there is so much that we can do with who we are in growing and tending that fruit and building relationships. And I think that other piece of learning about how to be a good neighbor Um, the fact that sometimes we, it's okay that we don't know how to do it yet, Mm -hmm. but the next step would be, well, let's learn how to do it better. Having other people that we can ask, how should I do that? And what would make this better? And whether it's a mentor or reading a book, um, our challenge would be to learn something this week about how to be a good neighbor, where you are as who you are in your place.
0: So listeners go out there this week and be the good in your hood. Thank you.